Talking with Jesus. Real simple series. If you could sit down and have a beer with Jesus. Oh, I don't, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I saw on Facebook this morning that you can't do that. Saw someone bashing us, said that we were Sodom and Gomorrah because we had mimosas last week. So I guess God's about to crumble this place down. So we might not have a year, I don't know. But hypothetically, if you could have a beer with Jesus, what would you ask him? You could have a glass of wine with Jesus, what would you ask him? If you were a good Baptist and you could go to the coffee shop and have a cup of coffee with Jesus, what's the first question that would pop in your mind, knowing that you would get the answer to what you were asking? I posted that question on Facebook about a month ago. And last time I checked, it was about 430 comments. So many people giving different answers. And it was amazing how quickly it got real on that thread. It kind of struck a nerve with people. There were some deep questions on there, and I began to add up the different things at that time. And I took some of the top questions that we would ask Jesus. And we're going to answer those over this month. Because the reality is we do get to talk with Jesus. And the reality is he's given us the answer to almost every question that we would ask right here in the word of God. So you're sitting around having a beer. You're sitting around having a glass of wine, maybe a bourbon, strong cup of coffee. Maybe you're just around the fire pit. Isn't it amazing how real things can get around a fire pit? What are the things that you would ask Jesus? Next week, we're going to talk about why do bad things happen to good people? There's not a person here today who hasn't asked that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Over and over and over in that thread, that question was asked. Some variation of what happens when we die was asked. It's the great unknown. What happens when we die? The last one was asked a few times, but it's more just because I like to answer the question. Last week, we're going to answer the question, why do Christians suck? Why do most Christians suck? Not those who go to Action Church. Well, some of y'all too sometimes. Today, hands down, not even close. The number one question that was asked is, can God really forgive me for my past? It's a deep question. It's actually a question that our belief system is based on. And from a young age or from whenever you got involved in church, you were taught that God can forgive your sins and that God can forgive you of your wrongdoings and God can forgive you of your past. So why can't you forgive yourself for your past? 
And it sounds really good. And you ain't even got to be a good preacher to preach on it. But the reality is, there's not a one of us in this building that at one time or another have not asked ourselves that question. We've heard it preached on. We've heard it talked on. We've heard it broken down. We've heard songs on it. But the reality is, we've all screwed up. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we wish we could change. And at some moment in our life, we've been like, man, can God really forgive me of my past? It's a powerful question. And I'll be real honest with you. I ask it often in my own life. I'm not preaching at you today, I'm preaching with you today. You don't need to feel ashamed if you've had that thought. You don't need to feel guilt-ridden if you've had that talk. (laughs) You just need to realize some things about that thought. You need to realize, first of all, that Satan loves to remind you of your past. (laughs) You need to understand that in order to have a a good God, there's got to be a bad devil. Without evil, there can't be good, and without good, there can't be evil. They would rule each other out. We believe in the devil here. We don't believe he's an old man smoking a cigar. We don't believe he's dressed up in a little red suit running around. But we do believe there's an enemy and the enemy wants nothing more than to destroy us. To take our testimony. He knows that once we enter into a relationship with Christ, he can no longer have us, but he can make us ineffective for the cause of Christ. And there's no greater way to make you ineffective than to remind you of your past. To remind you of your failures. To remind you of your screw-ups. To remind you of your mess-ups. He loves to identify you by what you did. Instead of what Christ has done. The enemy loves to convince us that we're nothing. That we're worthless. That we'll never amount to anything. You can't move forward and be this, this, and this. Don't you know what you did then? And oh, BTW, when you start to move forward, the enemy will send someone to remind you of what you did. My daughter's doing an apprenticeship at a salon. She's washing hair. Minding her own business. And recently, two ladies just started talking. They didn't know who she was. They didn't know she was my daughter. I'm glad I just live in people's minds rent-free like that. And suddenly, what happened to me, I'm 47, I was 30, 
14 years ago became the topic of discussion in the salon. I guarantee if I saw these two women, I wouldn't know these two women. If I did know them, I can guarantee I ain't seen them in 14 years probably. But the enemy loves to come along and bring people in your life that will remind you of your past. It's almost comical. You can't avoid other people reminding you of what you did. But if we can truly grasp the concept of can God forgive me of my past, we cannot let it affect us anymore. We serve a good God. We serve a loving God. (laughs) The enemy loves to come along and use guilt. And guilt's powerful, man. It is set up in your mind and settled down in your heart. Guilt will literally ruin you. I know people who can't move on because they've been guilt-ridden for years. We do everything we can to avoid it. But it beats us up. We replay the things in our mind. Maybe you stole from somebody. Maybe you ruined a relationship. Maybe you hurt someone you love. Maybe you allowed yourself to be used. Maybe you ripped something, someone off. Maybe you, uh, maybe you said something you regret. In the heat of the moment. Maybe you've lied. Maybe you've cheated. Maybe you've allowed the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups in your life to affect other people. And though they don't even know what you did, you live with the guilt of it. There's not a person here today, and I can say this with the utmost confidence, there's not a person here today who at one time or another has not asked, That question. That sounds great to preach, Gary, but you don't know what I did. Let me make this real clear to you today. I don't want to know what you did. Let me make this clear in the most loving way possible. I don't care what you did. God knows. You know. And this book is full of examples of how God moves on past it Yet we decide to live in it. There's been times in my life where I have been so racked with guilt and couldn't let it go. There's been times in my life that I've been so racked with guilt and mistakes I've made. Some of you have come to me and said, hey, it's coming out on your preaching. You got to let it go. The problem is we preach forgiveness. The problem is, we'll even say we believe in forgiveness. But the problem is, the large majority of us don't fully grasp forgiveness. Human nature is to thank God forgives us. Oh, this is going to be deep right here. You ready? Mm. We tend to think God forgives us like we forgive others. 
And we know how we forgive. We, we know deep down how it works. We know we may forgive, but man, we, we, we don't forget. We wear that like a badge of honor. We know that many times for us to forgive takes a long time. We've got to hold on to it and process it. We've got to see a change in actions before we forgive. And all those are valid things, but the problem is that's us operating in the natural and God doesn't operate in the natural. He operates in the supernatural. So if your comprehension of God's forgiveness is based on how you forgive, no wonder you find it lacking. We're not God. I'm not beating you up for how you deal with forgiveness. I get it. Gary Lamb, the king of never forgetting. You want to go toe-to-toe with me on holding a grudge? I can hold a grudge, baby. So I'm not beating you up. I'm just telling you that as long as your comprehension of God's forgiveness is based on how you forgive, you're always going to ask that question. You're never truly going to understand, can God really forgive me? Because you know how hard it is for you to forgive others. (laughs) So how do we deal with the guilt? We deal with it with forgiveness. But we've got to have a proper understanding of what forgiveness is. We have to truly grasp what forgiveness is. The Bible says this in Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. Now, this is Jesus teaching the disciples, and he's going to go into the Lord's Prayer. Now, here's where we've screwed up the Lord's Prayer. Are you ready? The Lord's Prayer is not a prayer for us to recite word for word. There's nothing wrong if you do. Let me make that clear. But the Lord's Prayer is an example of the elements that ought to be in your prayer life. You getting up and reciting some words over and over that don't mean anything are worthless. But there's some strong principles. Maybe I'll do a series on that one day. There's some strong principles found in the Lord's Prayer that we need to apply to our life. And one of them is this. In verse 12 it says, Forgive us, our debts. It's not talking about financial debts. It's talking about our imperfections, our screw-ups, our mess-ups, our F-ups, our hurting of other people, the things that we need forgiveness for. God saying, hey, when you go to the Lord in prayer, you need to go to him and ask forgiveness for the wrongs that you've done. How do you get rid of the guilt that you're feeling? But Gary, you don't know what I did. How do you get rid of the guilt you're feeling? It's simple. You ask God. You ask for forgiveness. Now, I get it. You're saying, Gary, I've done that and I still feel guilty. I get it. Been there. Done that. Got the T-shirt and the scars to prove it. I get it, man. You've got up and you've confessed your sin many, many, many times, but you still feel guilty about it. Anybody can relate to that? You repeat it over and over and over. You beat yourself up over and over and over. The problem is we don't understand how God forgives. It's that simple. Forgiveness has become one of those things that we have heard so much about 
that we don't even realize we don't comprehend it. Let me repeat that because that was deep. It's become one of those things we've heard so much about that we don't even realize that we don't comprehend the power of forgiveness. We become immune to the word. We become numb to the word. It sounds good. It looks good on a t-shirt, baby. It looks good on a bumper sticker. It looks good in a meme. It looks good on our social media to make ourselves look bigger than other people. But the reality is, is we don't understand forgiveness, so we can't accept forgiveness. There's power in forgiveness. It's one of the most amazing things that God gives us. But we don't comprehend it. We don't comprehend some truths about it. The Bible makes it clear that if you understood it, and you claimed it, and you believed it, you wouldn't deal with the guilt that you feel. You're saying, Gary, I should never feel guilty. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, I promise you. But God's not a God of guilt. We're people of guilt. Even when we say we've forgiven, we love to bring it up here and there. It's my move. I'll let it sleep for nine months. And if something triggered me, I'm going to bring it up. Oh, yeah, well, remember when? I'm like Alan Jackson, baby, remember when? And I bring it back up. First thing you need to understand about forgiveness is this. God forgives instantly. I need you to understand that. I need you to read that. I need you to understand those three words because they're so powerful. And before you can move forward, the order of these are very important. You need to understand something. We serve a God who forgives instantly. The Bible says in Nehemiah 7, it says, You are a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon. Gracious and merciful and full of love. I love that phrase, always ready. God is always ready. He's an on-time, all-the-time God, baby. You can't catch him at a bad time. I like to say he's like the Waffle House, 24-7, 365. They're always going to be open and never let you down. You need some greasy food at 1.37 in the morning on New Year's Eve, Waffle House is there. Hey, Thanksgiving, you're over turkey, and it's 2.47 in the morning, and you want some waffles, and you want some eggs, and you want some hash browns, scattered, covered, chunked. Hey, Waffle House is there for you. The only person close to the Waffle House is Jesus. And he's much better. He's always there. Always ready. Here's the deal. You don't catch God by surprise. Immediately, no delay. God, God's more ready to forgive you than you are ready to ask for his forgiveness. When you don't even know you need to ask, he's ready. When you're in the act of it and the guilt ain't even kicked in yet, you ain't seen the consequences of your actions, he's always ready. 
When you're prideful, because, man, we get prideful after sin, do we not? I, I, maybe y'all don't. Maybe y'all don't. I, I do. So here's the Gary Lamb sin pattern. Are you ready? I sin. I get caught. I get prideful about it. Before there's remorse, before there's hurt, before there's guilt, before there's let me fix this, man, because I'm just, I'm dumb like that. I'm going to double down. I'm going to justify what I did. Oh, I was wrong, but let me tell you why I did it. Oh, you think it was wrong, but let me tell you why it wasn't wrong. So while you're still in that prideful, arrogant stage, don't be amening on the front row now. Listen, while you're still in that prideful stage, he says he's always ready. When you ain't even ready to ask for forgiveness, he's ready to forgive. Now here's the deal. This is where it trips us up. That's way different than human forgiveness. Let's just be honest. There ain't none of us that can forgive instantly. Let's just be honest. When someone does us wrong and someone's hurt us, we like them to suffer for a little while. Just a little bit. Some of you are real good and you only want to suffer for a few days. I want to suffer for a few years. We, we want them to feel guilty for a little while. We want them to feel bad for a little while. That, that's human nature again. And that's how our minds operate and that's why we can't comprehend forgiveness because God doesn't operate like that. God operates instantly. Christine and I I've had arguments before, and one of us, normally it's her fault, and she'll say, hey, can you forgive me for what I did? And I like to always say, I'll think about it. Knowing I'm going to forgive her, I like to think about it. I like to make her feel guilty for a little while. You know why? Because that means, like, if I want something special for dinner, she's going to make it. No, I'm just kidding. She'll make it anyway. But you know what I'm saying? We like to make people suffer for a little while. God never makes us wait for forgiveness. There's no period that we have to go through. It's instant. It's immediate. The moment you ask without delay, he forgives. And he does that because you need to understand something. Your body was not designed to carry guilt. That's why the devil loves to put it on you. Mm. Guilt will kill you. It will kill you physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Whatever thing you want to say, nothing will eat away at you like guilt. It'll cause you not to sleep. It'll cause you to go in depression. It'll cause you not to want to eat. It will literally eat at your soul. You think God created that? You think God designed our bodies to fill that? No, that's a ploy of the devil. He wants to get you off track. He wants to get you focused on your actions instead of the purpose God has for your life. He wants you spending all your time looking in the rearview mirror, even though it's small, instead of the front window where you can see everything ahead of you. It's funny, it's really no point looking back because you can't do anything about it. Like, what good does it do? I think it's important. I think it's why there's a reminder at times. 
If we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it, America. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that? If we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it with our actions. So there needs to be a little glimpse every once in a while. I think every now and then, boom, we've got to pop it up there. I've got a lot of doors opening me for in an area that I had a lot of doors opening for me 15 years ago. And so I would be foolish not to look up in that rearview mirror every once in a while to make sure I don't end up where I ended up 15 years ago. But at the end of the day, if I spend all my time looking at that, I'm going to run off the road. We're going down 575 yesterday. And there's, everybody's breaking, but I can sit behind. I'm like, why are they breaking? There's nothing going on. And there's car had run off the road. I'm not talking about this car ran off the road a little bit. Christine, this car ran off the road a quarter mile. A Toyota Corolla. I'm talking about between where the car ran off the road and where the car finally hit a tree were ditches, gullies. I'm like, how did that car get there? They took their eye off the road. They weren't paying attention to what was going on. They ran so far off the road that it took a tree to finally stop them. If you're not looking ahead where you're going, you'll run off the road so far that eventually you won't stop till you hit something head on. The forgiveness happens instantly. It's instant, immediate. The moment you ask without delay. So the question becomes, if that's true, Gary, should a believer ever feel guilty? Because I know that's going to be the next question that's asked. You tell me I'm forgiven instantly and we're not made to feel guilt. Should I feel guilty about my past actions? You should for about 30 seconds. Why 30 seconds? Because that's how long it takes you to recognize you screwed up. Ask God to forgive you and receive his forgiveness. But there's consequences, right? There are consequences for our actions. You need to fix those consequences. There's going to be hurt for your actions sometimes. And there's going to be mending and fixing and, and putting things back together. But here's also the deal. You'll never put things back together in a healthy manner when you're putting things back together out of guilt. So you've got to let go of the guilt. People will come up to me and they say, I feel like you're being flippant about what you did. I'm not flippant about what I did. You say, what'd you do? I'm not talking about something specific. I'm talking in general. I've done a lot. I let go of the guilt. I know God's forgiven me. Once I let go of the guilt and I can accept his forgiveness, then guess what I can do? I can begin to get honest with myself and honest with the person I hurt and begin to fix that situation. I can't fix that situation out of guilt because guilt's not healthy. So if I'm not healthy, how can I make a situation healthy? Carrying the guilt does nothing for you. Remember what you did where you don't do it again? Learn from it. Take the steps to make sure it doesn't happen again, but carrying the guilt will do nothing for you. I actually heard a very known speaker say, we ought to carry guilt. Guilt makes us a better person. It keeps us in check. What a lie. Does it make you a better person? It makes you a bitter person. It makes you a miserable person. I know people and they're like, I, 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 I'm always feeling guilty about something. We know. That's why you're a miserable human being and no one wants to be around you. I know people that have actually come to me and they said, man, I don't know what to do. I feel guilty but I don't feel guilty. They get to the real issue. Why don't you feel guilty? Well, I know God's forgiven me. Then why do you need to feel guilty? 
I've got to let it go. God's instantaneous. God says, forgiveness is yours for the taking. He, God, he not only wants you forgiven, he wants you to feel forgiven. God wants you to walk around in his forgiveness because he's carrying the burdens that you're carrying. He's now carrying the hurt that you're carrying. God doesn't want us walking around wallowing in our shit. I can't believe you said that. God doesn't want us wallowing in our shit. Sometimes that's the only words you can use. We have kids in the service. They hear worse on the bus and check their phone. They're saying worse. Some of you parents kill me. God. God doesn't want you carrying the load anymore. Forgiveness is yours for the asking. And it's instant. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 7, God is merciful and quick to forgive. That's hard to comprehend because, again, we don't operate that way. We should operate that way, but human nature kicks in, and I get it. I actually shared a story a few months ago where someone told me forgiveness is an instant, talking about them in my life, and I was upset about the time, and that person got upset that I said it. And now, months later, you know what? They're right. In human nature, it's impossible to forgive instantly. They were right to say it should take time. But my problem and the reason I got mad was is I was thinking we are God and we operate like God. We don't operate like God. God forgives instantly. God's forgiveness is not the same as our forgiveness. We have feelings and natural tendencies and God says, I operate in the supernatural. I love you and I don't want you to carry that anymore. So I forgive you for what you did. I do not excuse what you did. I'm not justifying what you did. I'm not explaining away what you did. I'm not saying what you did is okay. I'm not even saying there's not going to be consequences for what you did. But you are forgiven. Power in that. God not only forgives instantly, God forgives completely. That's another one that's hard to comprehend because we're honest, we don't forgive completely. Colossians 2. When you were dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he is taking it away, nailing it to the cross. When we screw up, we have a debt for our sin. The deal is, though, God has already forgiven that debt. Anybody ever paid off anything before? A car? A credit card? They send you this thing in the mail. It's awesome. It's your statement. And somewhere on that statement, it says, paid in full. It's the greatest feeling in all the world. It's amazing to know I no longer owe on that. It's paid in full. It's mine. 
I own it. There's nothing they can do anymore. God says, I came along and I saw your sin. You asked for forgiveness and now I've paid it in full. He even breaks it down like a legal transaction. When Jesus died for your sins, which ones did he include? All of them. That means not only the ones I've committed in the past, but the ones I'm going to commit in the future. Because he died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus practiced what I like to call preemptive forgiveness. Before we screwed up, he said, I forgive them. You say, that's hard to do, but we do it. We do it with our kids. We know they're going to screw up. If you don't know your kids are going to screw up, you've got a whole other issue. That's probably why your kids are how they are. Your kids are going to screw up. And I already forgive them. I'm going to beat their tail for screwing up. But I already forgive them. That's hard for us though, man, because we don't forgive completely. Every sin, every mistake, every failure, every flop, flush, error that we'll ever commit has been covered not by what you did, but what he did on the cross. He paid a debt he didn't owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay, and he paid it for me. There's power in that. And we forget that at times. He says he hung it over our heads and he nailed it to the cross. He said, I don't want you living with the guilt of this, so I forgive you completely. See, we don't forgive completely. Even when we want to forgive completely, we forgive partially. At our best, I would say, at our best, we forgive 90%. But we hang on to the 10%. We tuck it away in our back pocket so we can bring it out when we need to bring it out. We tuck it away where we can bring it out when we need to justify our actions. Mm -hmm. We want to forgive completely, but we're human. We have emotions. We have hurt. We have anger. We have sadness. We want to forgive completely, but we just don't forgive completely. I told you, there's situations where I think I've forgiven someone. And then literally years later, I'll see them and all of a sudden I'm reminded, I didn't forgive them completely because I'm mad as hell right now. If I'd really forgiven them, I wouldn't be mad right now. I ain't seen that person in seven years. Why am I mad right now? Because I'm still holding on. So there becomes the problem. When it comes to, can God forgive me of my past? We have a hard time believing it because we operate in the natural Operating in the natural says, man, we don't forgive completely. How can God forgive completely? He operates in the supernatural. (laughs) Man, there's power in that. There's power to know he nailed it to the cross. (laughs) man. He nailed it to the cross so you can stop nailing yourself to the cross. You keep beating yourself up and he's forgiven you completely. 
You keep going to him asking for forgiveness. And he's like, are we still on that? I thought you was coming to me with something new. That's what we're talking about. Kind of be like if you own a store and I shoplifted in your store. And I got arrested for shoplifting in your store. And they were going to take me to jail. But you came down the store and said, man, I know he shoplifted. He's guilty. But I'm, I'm going to take his jail sentence for him. That's what Christ did for us. We screwed up and he took the jail sentence. How many of you on the 1st or the 15th have to pay bills? Bills come? Oh, I hate that. Check it out, check it out, check it out. How many of you, after you've written that bill, stuck it in the mail, think about it again? I don't. I wrote the check out, put the stamp on it, mailed it. It's going to get paid. I don't think about it again. That's what Christ does with our bill. He's issued the forgiveness and he's not thinking about it again. Check this out, check this out. The Bible says in Jeremiah, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Man. I need you to understand something. God forgives you so completely (laughs) that he doesn't even remember what you did. You're coming to him asking forgiveness the second, third, and fourth time for the same things like, what are you talking about? You say God can forget what kind of God's that? No, 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 no. God chooses to forget. You know why he can choose to forget? Because he's forgiven completely. <laughs> he chooses to forget every mistake you've ever made, every sin you've ever done. He forgives us. I heard a story about a priest in the Philippines who had committed one sin early in his life. And the sin wrecked him. Every time he would minister to someone, the sin would pop into his mind. He dealt with a lot of guilt about this sin. He dealt with a lot of anguish over this sin. And he had a lady in his church who told people that she could talk to God and hear the voice of God. And for years he heard her talk about she could talk to God and heard the voice of God to the point that it kind of irritated him. So one day to try to prove her wrong, he went to her and said, hey, next time you hear from God and you're talking to God, ask him what's the sin I committed that I can't move past. She said, I will. A few weeks later she came up to me and she said, I talked to God. I asked him what's the sin that you committed that you can't move past. Priest was intrigued. He said, what'd he say? She said he can't remember. All the priest could do was smile because he knew that God forgives our sins and forgets our sins. <laughs> if you were to sin this morning, I know none of you would sin on Sunday morning, but if you were to sin this morning and ask God's forgiveness by lunch, when you laid your head down, God can't even remember what you did. He chooses not to remember. He forgives completely. <laughs> Some of you are going to get to heaven and you're going to be like, like you've got to justify something to God about that divorce. He's going to be like, what divorce? 
Some of you can be like, God, now I got, I got talked. And I got, that time that I got off, he's like, what time was that? You're carrying something with you and beating yourself up over something God can't even remember. Because he forgives completely. The problem is we have a hard time comprehending that because we don't do that. I'm going to keep going back to that because really that boils down to the ultimate question, can God forgive me of my past? Why can't we accept that? Because we think God forgives like we forgive. I want you to know something today. God forgives repeatedly. If your name is Gary Lamb, that is good news. He forgives repeatedly. Now, I know none of you have, but some of those people online probably have. They sin and keep making the same sin over and over and over. They repeat it over, and no one in this crowd would do that. But we just keep sinning over and over and over. We even tell people, well, if you do it once, it's a mistake. Do it a second, third time, it's a choice. I want to remind them. But what's the old saying? For, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm watching you. We, we, call, it a, we call it a second chance for a reason. We're, we're willing to give them two chances. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who forgives repeatedly? When I screw up today and I feel guilt-ridden about it and I get forgiveness and I get up tomorrow thinking I'm never going to do it again and what do I do the next day? Same thing I did the day before. As long as I ask forgiveness, God forgives. The Bible says this in 1 John, if we confess our sins, plural, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I used to thank God every time I would go to him with the same sin over and over because I kept messing up. He'd be like, God, can't you just get original sin in a different way? But he says, I get it, man. Don't carry the guilt of that. I I know you thought you had victory in that area, but you don't have victory yet and you slipped up a little bit, man. I get it. I I forgive you. He'll forgive repeatedly. God's a forgiving God. Hebrews 7.25, I don't have this one on the screen, but Hebrews 7.25 says Christ is always interceding on our behalf. He's always there. He's always waiting. He's always ready to forgive instantly, completely, repeatedly. I don't want to go to God and bother him again with this same thing. He said, but you keep struggling out of here. Keep coming to me. Guilt's like garbage, man. You have to take it out repeatedly. You have to come back. and You got to go to God. So God forgives repeatedly. That's hard for us because, man, we, we won't forgive someone for the same thing over and over very rarely. So again, it goes back to why can't we believe God forgives us of our past? Because we don't forgive people. God forgives us freely. You need to understand this, freely. No strings attached. Free forgiveness sounds too good to be true. Doesn't even sound fair, to be honest with you. (laughs) 
for me to commit all these things and go out there and God forgives me for free? Yep, free. We deserve to pay for the wrong things that we do. That's only fair. But God comes along and says the bill has already been paid. Now hear me out. Just because it's free to us doesn't mean it was free to someone else. Christ gave his life for our forgiveness. He paid the price for our forgiveness. So while it's free to us, it's the most expensive thing ever given. We've all sinned. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all sin and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came in Jesus Christ. Just because you hear that forgiveness is free, do not think it's inexpensive. It costs Christ everything. It cost Him Himself. It cost Him the humiliation of coming to earth and dying on the cross. When Christ died on the cross, the last words out of His mouth were, is it is finished. That was a spiritual stamp on the payments you owed. No more payments due. No more guilt. It is finished. Paid in full. He meant the plan of salvation was finished People could come to God through what he did. It wasn't about our works. It wasn't about where we went to church. It wasn't about how much money we gave. It was about what he did on the cross. He said it is finished, paid in full. If you're walking around carrying a load of guilt today, I need you to understand something. You're carrying guilt that is unnecessary. But Gary, you don't know what I did. But church, you don't know all the things I've done. What you did is none of my business, and what I've done is none of your business. But God knows, and he already paid the price for it. So why are you carrying it around? Can God forgive me of my past? Not only can he forgive you of your past, he has forgiven you of your past. You just got to receive the gift. Amazing thing about a gift, it does you no good unless you receive it. You heard me use this illustration before. When I moved in my previous house a couple houses ago, the next day after I moved in, UPS delivered a package for the person who lived there before me. It was a Christmas for our birthday present. Excuse me, it was wrapped up and it was in a box. And I called the person and said, hey, there's a package here for you. And I threw it in my um, closet. Year went by, two years went by, three years went by, four years went by, and we moved, and the package was still there, and right before we moved, I decided I was going to open the package. It was an all-handy-dandy, fancy food processor. Now, here's the deal. That food processor had been there for four years. Every time that lady who lived there before was chopping up her onions by hand, she could have been food processing her onions. It was a nice one. It was a ninja. 
had all the attachments. It was there. It was brand new, in the box, shiny and ready to be used. But she never came and got it. And because she never came and got it, she couldn't enjoy the benefits of it. Her husband never got a home-cooked meal because she's too lazy to go in the kitchen and slice and dice. But if she'd have had that food processor, she could have. But they just sat there collecting dust. It was there. Check it out, check it out, check it out. She didn't have to buy it. She didn't have to give, live a good life to get it. Someone just chose to gift it to her. She just never came and got it. She could have been waking up every day to fresh smoothies. Because we woke up for about two years with fresh smoothies with her food processor. You don't get a body like this hand cutting stuff. It got to be food processed. I don't even know what that means, but that's the way forgiveness is, though. It's there for us. You can't earn it, you can't buy it. Thank God for us, it don't matter where you go to church to get it. Even if we are Sodom and Gomorrah, thinking about changing our name. S&G Church. But the forgiveness is there. You just got to ask for it. So Gary, how do I get it? Well, you don't beg for it. You don't beg for it. God, please forgive me. You ain't got to beg God. You ain't got to beg Him. It's instant forgiveness. You don't have to bargain with God. God. Man, we're horrible about that. I used to have this guy in my church. Man, he was a bargainer with God. He'd come to church here and there, and all of a sudden one day he just started showing up to church all the time. I said, what are you doing, man? Made a deal with God. He coached homeschool basketball. He said, made a deal with God. He said, if we won a championship this year, I'd be at church every Sunday the next year. And he was at church every Sunday for the next year because he bargained with God. God, if you'll forgive me, I'll never do it again. Quit lying. You're going to do it again. We're human. If it's an area of weakness, you'll be back there in 24 hours. Forgiveness is not a promise to be perfect. It's just simply saying, God, I admit I was wrong. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. Forgive me. You ain't got to bargain with him. You sure ain't got to bribe him. God, if you'll, if you'll forgive me, I'll read my Bible every day. God, you, you forgive me. Take this guilt away. I'll tithe 20%. Now, some of y'all should try that one. I'm going to tell you, it won't work. Go ahead and try it for a little bit. We need, we need to get the bills paid around here. You ain't got to bribe him. You simply just got to believe. You just got to believe. That believe that what Christ did for you on the cross is all it took. You're carrying something around you shouldn't have to carry. 
Let me change that. You're carrying something around that's too heavy for you to carry. And eventually, you're going to get tired. I watched this guy on TikTok that, uh, he did, I guess he's just got more money than Jesus. I don't know, man. Mr. Beast or something? I don't know. So he'll buy like a grocery store and then tell someone, man, every day you live in this grocery store alone, I'll give you $10,000. I watched a guy go 40 days in a grocery store, but every day he was, it was crazy. No contact to that. He does all these crazy things. But I watched him the other day. He offered a guy, he said, I'll give you $50,000, no strings attached. No strings attached. He said, or I've taken this $300,000 and I put it in two bags, $150,000 a piece. The bags were about this big and about this wide. And he said, if you can carry them, we'll place them on your shoulders. And if you can carry them one mile, you can have the $300,000. Almost every person tried to carry the $300,000. Not one of them made it a quarter mile. Why? Because we're not made to carry that kind of weight. It was designed for them to fail. You're not made to carry guilt. So quit carrying it. Quit beating yourself up over something that God's not only forgiven you about, He's already forgotten about. Yeah, but my family hasn't forgotten. You'll make that right in time. But at the end of the day, that's their issue and not yours. Mm, Let me repeat that. If they don't want to forgive you, that's their issue, not yours. You can't control what they do. If they want to hang it over your head, that's their issue, not yours. If they never want to let it go, that's their issue, not yours. If they want to hang on to it eventually for your own sanity, you will have to come to the point in life where you cut them out of your life. But he's forgiven you. So it's time to forgive yourself. So God, as we sit down at Reformation Brewery, I believe that's the brewery God would be at. It's named after the Reformation. Spencer used to be a pastor. It's a godly brewery. Over whatever your favorite drink would be there. John, what's your favorite drink at Reformation? A cold one. That would be every redneck's drink favorite one. A cold one. I know what it's called. I know. It's, it's the light beer. It'd be the redneck's drink. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not insulting you. I get it. That'd be what I drink. Bubba, what's your favorite one? Mexican lager. I don't even got to ask. Bubba's having a Mexican lager. John's over there drinking a cold one. And let's just be honest. He'd drink any of them if they were cold. I'm over there with a Hattie. I'm over there with water because I don't drink. I'm on 75 hard. I can't drink 75 days. So I'll be drinking a water because I'm a Christian. Alan Barrow's and snuck in some bourbon. He's over there drinking bourbon, hoping they don't catch him. Face sneaking fireball out of her purse. We all try not to get thrown out of Reformation because she's smuggled illegal alcohol in. 
And we just sitting there with Jesus, having a conversation. You said the number one question you would ask him is, can God really forgive me of my past? What I showed you today is not only can he forgive you of your past, he has forgiven you of your past. You just got to accept the forgiveness.